AgBioscience is supported by Indiana Farmers Insurance. This is AgBioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, CEO of Agronovus Indiana, and this is the podcast where we explore all things AgBioscience, the people, the products, and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. We are joined today by two AgBioscience industry veterans who combined have more than four decades of collective experience with market leaders ranging from Monsanto to Syngenta to Bex to Inari. Innovation is in their veins, and we are going to learn how to unlock that. Welcome the co-founders of ag bioscience consulting firm Epiphium, Scott Keetle and Katie Sauer. It is good to see you both. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah thank thanks, thanks for joining. We have so much to dig into with Epiphium. So much to dig into is how do we unlock this power of innovation that is nascent, it's native, we just have to do it. But before we do, we have to learn more about you. Scott, I want to hear more about your story, Monsanto, AgriLiant, and Nari. Share with us more about your background in this journey that's taking you from big code to medium code to startup to your own startup. Yeah, yeah, it's been a good ride. Um, so production ag is in my veins. Grew up on a family farm in eastern Nebraska and never left the industry. So after school, got right into the seed industry pretty much. And 25 years later, here I am. Um, so like you said, Mitch, about half that time have been spent in larger corporations, really on the leading edge of innovation. Yeah, uh, Companies like Monsanto, now Bear and, and Syngenta. I've uh, been blessed to be in more regional, uh, what we call independent brands as well. So seeing that go to market approach and over the course of time, just held various roles, mostly in sales and marketing. So trying to take the innovation and actually apply it in the field. And then, yeah, a couple few years ago, decided to step into the startup world after all of that, um, which is awesome to see. It was a good learning experience. And through all of that, Katie and I did step back and say, you know, we want to take all that experience and try to put it to work to help uh, companies, small, medium size, whatever it is, sure. just however we can help unlock that same spirit of innovation. And Katie, he was smiling when he said, it's been a good experience. <laughs> My hunch is there, there may be some redaction that helped. Yeah, it's all about mindset, there. right? Yeah, that's it's, right. It's, Power it's of positive mindset. thinking. Yes. Katie, share more about your story in, in this journey that has been to Epiphium. Yeah, so I'm one of those few oddities, I think, in the ag space, especially the seed space, and that I did not grow up on a farm. Kind of stumbled into a career in agriculture with a job that I took in college working for my uncle who worked for Monsanto. So hmm. um, I'm from Northeast Missouri originally, so moved to St. Louis afterwards. And then the natural step in a career was to go work for Monsanto. So sure. I spent about the first 15, 16 years of my career doing various, largely marketing, some sales and account management roles across that company uh, before then stepping into Anari. So what got us to Epiphium, right, is I, you walk into a startup and it's great because you have an almost blank slate. Totally. Um, but that can be overwhelming. Right. You can also sit back and look at corporations and say there's so much process, there's so much structure. Um, how do we find a way to innovate through this? Um, I also spent about half of my time at Monsanto working with the independent segment of the market. So also saw how small and medium-sized company work works and that's where we just kind of stepped back and said, man, there's a lot of room for opportunity here with both established companies and startups to say, how do we 
harness the right amount of that process yeah. and procedure that we learned in the corporate world um, and apply it to some of these companies that are getting going or are really trying to get on a growth trajectory. I love that idea of almost two halves of a whole, right? You, you have this process that can feel daunting, can feel stifling, and you have this spirit of entrepreneurship that can feel frenetic and can feel sort of all over the map. As you both said, hey, I think we should go do this together. Uh, you created Epiphium. Share more about sort of those first conversations and was it, hey, how do we bring the best of these things together? Share, just share more about that story. Yeah, the 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 genesis of it you're talking yeah, about? For yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, you know, I think some of it's just in the name itself. We get that question all the time. So Epiphium, what is that? And it is a made up word, but we really combined two words at the end of the day. So we thought a lot about just in the spirit of having an epiphany, you know, right. just idea generation, um, which we'll talk probably a lot about in that true spirit of innovation. So how do we get businesses to just continue to ask kind of what if and come up with new ideas? Um, and that's all about trying to grow the business, the trajectory that Katie was talking about, which is another word, cambium which are the growth rings in a, in a tree. Mm, <laughs> so very cool. We thought about Cambium, couldn't use that name. So we combined Epiphion, or Epiphany and Cambium into Epiphium. Um, so yeah, really just thought if we can help companies find that innovative spirit and, and ask a lot of those questions, that a lot of the answers lie within their business. And then if we can begin to help them put that into strategy and into work, yeah. good things will happen. So Yeah. I think the thing is, too, you learn and building and growing your own company, uh, you can you can sympathize and empathize with your oh, customers totally. a little bit more, yeah. right? So there was also that element of, man, we just gotta get going and we're gonna we're gonna find our own insights along the way and we're gonna learn as as we grow. So it's it's been, I think, kind of a, a cool dynamic in that, you know, we can sit across the table from our customers now and say, no, we, we feel you. We get right. it. We're a Absolutely. startup too. Um, and we challenge ourselves with these same processes and same procedures that that you guys do and that even though it's just the two of us right that was a bit of a lesson that we've learned you got to start having some some ways of working because that's right. how you scale the business so it's, it's been fun kind of learning alongside mm -hmm. our customers as we build our business too it's this juxtaposition <laughs> i think of scale and specificity that is so hard right because you you have to scale you you can't scale people you but you have to be really specific and really good at what you do we're going to talk about those key ingredients to success right after this we'll take a quick break ag bioscience is supported by indiana farmers insurance whether your farm is your business your hobby or your passion you and your farm are one of a kind each is unique and requires just the right insurance coverage options Indiana Farmers Insurance has been protecting farmers for more than 145 years, and together with your local independent insurance agent, today we deliver insurance solutions for your farm, business, home, and vehicles. Insurance can be complicated, so it's important to have a trusted expert who will guide you through your insurance experience. We partner with only the best agents, and like us, most of our agencies have been serving customers for generations. Beyond the basics, we have many other coverages available to match your needs. Our agency partners are experts and can tailor just the right coverages for your farm, business, home, or auto. Come visit us at indianafarmers.com and discover why Indiana Farmers Insurance is the right choice for you. We're proud supporters of AgBioscience, and we're here to help you protect what matters most. 
Welcome back to Ag Bioscience. We're talking with Epiphium founder Scott Keetel and Katie Sauer. We were just digging into this idea of specificity and scale and really the key ingredients to unlock innovation specific to here in Ag Bioscience. Katie, let's start with you. Give us some insights from your seat, having gone big business, small business, now starting your own business. As you step back, you talk with producers, you talk with brands. What are a few of those key ingredients that you've begin to, or begun to found that say, hey, look, these things have to be in this? Yeah, I, I think the biggest one that we've found is, especially in startups and small to medium-sized businesses, that people are so busy with heads down working on the business, yeah. right? And so the biggest thing that they need to do and that we help them do is really take a pause and really try to unlock curiosity which tends to drive creativity. So that's what we spend a lot of our time helping people, whether it is leaders of a company or members of a sales force, um, really thinking hard about how do we be more curious? How do we ask more questions of our customers, of ourselves, of our processes, of the things that we're doing so that we can really challenge and come up with new ideas? Because I think that's where a lot of us, especially in a business where for the most part, you get one shot a year to get things done. It's easy to get really cyclical and to go on autopilot. And so, like I said, we found curiosity is really kind of the the key to creativity that we dig in, um, getting people to pause and focus on that. And Scott, when you talk about curiosity, I mean, as a, as a guy who spent some time in startups, spent time in a, you know, a business that focused on a very seasonal world. Mm -hmm. To say, hey, you just need to pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's almost heresy, right? Like, you, you just you don't talk about pause because there's that that's not even a button on the on the deck, right? Like, it's just fast forward and play. How do you how do you talk with innovators? How do you talk with executives? How do you get them to say, okay, Scott, Katie, I'm going to give you a day. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you a week. Walk us through that, and how do you encourage those innovators to take that pause to look forward? Yeah, it's. We, we find ourselves often saying you got to slow down in order to speed up yeah. because exactly like we've been saying, you, you do tend to get your head really just on the business. Um, so uh, the days kind of turn into weeks, turn into months. And next thing you know, years are going by and you're so laser focused on product centricity. So, you know, we have a product, we have new technology, we have a solution and that's great. And I'm sure there's a big value add to the ultimate consumer of that technology. But we, again, you get so laser focused on that, that all the functions in the business begin to just see that as the final destination. Yeah. And so they're working on the business to get that. So yeah, we, we do really encourage leadership first to understand that there's a lot of good answers and ideas deeper in their organization, but you have to be intentional with that. Yeah. That doesn't just happen. So that's where we get them to understand the, the power of that pause and starting to ask those questions and challenge those boundaries so that they can see more inside the business. Cause sometimes the strategies, you know, are the ideas when you slow down, you can speed up how the, the consumers ultimately seeing the benefits of the product or the technology. I love that. And the idea of to, to take time to be curious, mm-hmm. curiosity can't happen in milliseconds, right? right. Curiosity has to be curated. Yep. And th- this idea that, you're creating that space for people. Mm-hmm. Now you've been doing it 24 months, 18 yeah. months? About 18, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little right. more? Yeah, we, can more we, we'll round up. So, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll round up. Two we'll years. say two years, Maybe. veterans at this point. Yeah. Uh, 
what have been your findings? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Katie, of, hey, we can sit across the table and go, yeah, we, we know that, that we've been to that. It's a pothole. It's not a trough or we thought it was a trough and it was really a pothole. Like, how do you, how has this journey been for you growing a business? Oh man, lots of lessons learned. <laughs> I would say that the biggest one and it's what we often encourage our customers to do is, is you do in the spirit of slowing down to speed up, you need to have a plan, right? Yeah. But you need to hold it loosely, right? So have a plan, have a general roadmap of where you're going to go, but get started. Um, I think especially in a cyclical business like we're in, if you wait until everything is perfect, if you wait until you have a thought out plan, you're never going to figure it out. And here's what we know about plans. As soon as you implement them, they're going to be wrong and right. you're going to have to change them. So how do you, this is the same way we coach our customers. How do you experiment, right? So right. you try things with one customer and you say, oh, hey, that worked really well. Now let's let's put this on steroids. Or, hey, okay, we tried that and it didn't work. We thought everybody was going to love that, but didn't take it. So yeah. how do we pivot or how do we approach it differently? So yeah, those have been, I think that's been the biggest thing of just have a plan, hold it loosely. Right. It'll unfold the way it's supposed to. And you got to be able to move with the, with the market. I'd say one of the one of the biggest things I would say for me, having having worked in the industry and um, challenging biases has been a mm. big thing. And I think it's one we found with our customers as, as well. You know, we were also excited to come out of the pandemic that everybody just kind of like went back to business as usual. And in the spirit of a pause, we did that a little bit this summer in preparing for a presentation and really started looking at what farmers are saying, what farmers are doing, how farmers are behaving, and have really been encouraging our customers since. If you look at the information and you really pause and think about how the pandemic changed us. Yeah. Um, it changed society and it changed farmers. It changed how they consume information. It changed how they buy. It changed what they expect out of companies that they want to do business with, which I will say has challenged me to think about how I coach people, right? Because sure. what I would have said to somebody a year ago is a little bit different than what I would have said today. So like I said, we're learning everything <laughs> right along with our customers as we coach it, the power of pausing and curiosity. So Scott, when you get this new data, right, mm -hmm. when, when you step back and you say, okay, the world has changed. Mm -hmm. Farmers are buying different. They're getting information different. And you begin to say, look, perfect is the enemy of good, right? We, we have to go yeah. and we, we have to run these experiments. Give us a couple examples. Obviously, sanitize what you need to sanitize. But give us a couple examples of, of how you've taken that reality and started to run some of these pilots that maybe gave you different outcomes than you would have thought going in. Yeah. So we... We do like to often tell uh, clients that it's more go, set, ready <laughs> than ready, set, go. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes you do have to go. And also encouraging leaders just to exercise what we call confident humility. So, mm. you know, I can think of clients that we've had where we've said, OK, the leadership team may feel like you've got the, the vision and the answers to this more empowered consumer and thinking about yeah, how, how farmers make decisions. And there's all these technology and all these tools. We kind of call that a broader ecosystem of solutions. You know, they're just more empowered. So thinking of kind of the end in mind, we've definitely worked with some clients where we've challenged the leadership to think first about how does the consumer view your technology? What are those tangible or intangible benefits? And back that in then to okay, so if you are going to experiment, are there some areas or some regions or some specific kind of subsets of markets that you can begin to kind of push those boundaries? And whether that's 
product testing. It could be just Marcom type stuff, you sure. know, I mean, how are you getting your message out? So when you start asking those questions and you try to do it in kind of little bite-sized pieces and you're humble enough back to that confident humility to say, we don't have all the answers, but the customer has the answer. And there's probably teams within our teams that have the answers. You start to see that process come together. And gosh, we've helped multiple clients, I think kind of in that spirit. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's the idea of, because it's human nature, right? To want to go broad with a plan. And it's right. that idea of pick pick one sales rep, pick two distributors, pick three products, pick right. one study, right? Try try something different first. Cause like I said, you're you can build the best plan. As soon as you start implementing, it's gonna get blown up. So start, experiment, learn as many lessons as you can cheaply and quickly. Right. And then build that out as time goes on and give yourself permission to go slow on things. This idea of confident humility, I love that. And it, it is, to your point earlier, Katie, you know, what we learned during the pandemic, I think pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, I'm not saying humility was not a part of leadership. <laughs> I mean, it's clearly, clearly a key attribute, but I do feel like we're in a world now where, you know, we're all in this together, right? When we heard that so many times during the pandemic, but it, it is applied to the way that we tackle problems. It's how we go to running experiments. It's, you know, the, the best idea may not come from the CTO or the CIO or the, you know, chief scientist. It may come from a, a sales rep on the front line, a Marcom mm -hmm. advisor. Are you seeing that play out? Yeah, I'd say we want part of our process when we engage with customers is to spend time one-on-one -on -one with what we call key employees. But key employees doesn't always mean leadership. Yeah. It it means we often push people. It's a variety of positions. It's a variety of ages, right? And give people a chance. We do a lot of listening up front. Give people a chance one-on-one -on -one to get things off their chest. And then we sit back with a third-party lens to say, okay, here's kind of what we've heard across the organization. Um, I do think, too, what we've done with a couple other clients is making sure we really get in front of their sales force. Yeah. I, in my years in marketing and sales, I do think it's an untapped resource in many companies. They're the ones that are in the front lines with your customers. And it's really easy for companies, I don't care how big or small you are, to get that kind of headquarters versus Salesforce uh, battle or tug of war, whatever you want to call it, going on. But when you pull those two things together, you can get a lot of really creative ideas going. And that's where we push people a lot, the difference between what we call like big eye innovation and little eye innovation. So I think a lot of companies think they need to have this big revolutionary idea to do something different, when in reality, you can put together a bunch of little things that are little ideas, to Scott's point, of things that are sitting in people's heads, um, out in the field, sitting at their desk, when they're on the phone with a customer, whatever it is. And you can pull some of those together to create some real cool big eye innovations. And so helping people discover that and give them permission that doesn't have to be revolutionary. You can just do a lot of little things really right. well and deliver an experience that customers are not getting today. I think the only thing I would just add is that the, you know, the, the goal of the farm of all ag bioscience, um, you know, from plant science to animal science, you know, when you think about a livestock producer or a row crop farmer, uh, their goals haven't changed. It's still right. about profitability at the end of the day. It's just they have so many more options That's and right. resources and tools. And so it it can lead to some paralysis of indecision. We, we've noticed that with, with customers. And so helping them understand, again, back to that, what we're kind of calling an ecosystem on a farm, how they integrate all these solutions together. 
to step back and just what role do we play? And in that spirit of kind of little innovation, what are we bringing to the table? Right. And so if you can get people's minds there, they start thinking about, I think, a, a broader lens to start to work back into some of those little eyes that Katie's talking about. And, and then they start to see this collective lift in being actually innovative as a company. Um, without that process, sometimes they do tend to just kind of sit back on their heels and status quo takes over. Right. And again, they get focused back on that business versus in. I, I mean, you both have fired me up. Like I, I am, I'm ready to go. I feel like the Kool-Aid man. I'm ready to run through a wall, right? I mean, there, there is so much opportunity here, both on the little eye innovation, on the big eye innovation. We can't get to it all today. So mm-hmm. one quick question for you to wrap up, give us an idea. What do you see as the future of ag bioscience? And, and how is this new empowered hum, humility folk or hum, humility focused humble focused there we go that's the word <laughs> humble focused leadership well, what's this next chapter look like i do think it's a couple of things are coming to mind collaboration is is one sure. i i do think i believe what everybody says about we this industry is ripe for disruption um we're ready for it i think in this world this kind of post pandemic world where we see the consumer is more empowered um it changes the way we go to market right in a lot of cases the farmer knows more about products and options available to them than a salesperson does. And so we coach people all the time. You don't have to be an expert in all areas, but you got to be open to collaborating with people that are in other areas around you so that you're all collectively bringing solutions to the farmer. And in my opinion, that means we need the big corporations. We need the startups. We need the established small to mid-sized companies in between. There's room for everybody in this space. But I think the way you unlock it and bring the most innovation to the farmer is to find ways to work together, even if it's just building networks within your local footprint. We've got a very unique view in the seats that we sit in because we do walk into these businesses with an independent lens. So we have the opportunity in this role um, within Epiphium to look across that landscape of the broader ag bioscience. And we do see it all the time. There's amazing synergies that can happen and amazing collaborations. So if they can kind of slow down and keep their antennas up, it's sometimes difficult to plow that road just kind of by yourself singularly. But if you are open and you have that antenna up, um, there's a lot of good opportunity because ag bioscience isn't going to slow down. That's right. <laughs> Farmers, they have two goals. That's to survive and obviously thrive. And so, you know, in that spirit of innovation, when they see companies working together to deliver better solutions, great things are going to continue to happen. Scott and Katie, this has been so fun. I've just enjoyed thinking about how do we curate curiosity? How do we think about big eye and little eye innovation and and truly inspire leaders mm-hmm. at all levels to really focus on humility? You both are amazing. Katie Sauer, <laughs> Scott Keedle, co-founders of Epiphium Advising. Thank you both for spending time with us. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. And thank you for tuning into Ag Bioscience. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library and give us a review. Don't forget, you can always learn more online at agronovisindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovis team, I'm Mitch Fraser. saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovis Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. 
To get all Ag Bioscience news all the time, visit agronovisindiana.com.